when I think of the art of speaking up and I think of the struggle to speak up, this is like at the core of all of it, is having the courage to share the thing that feels uncertain and exposing. And when that is a capacity that you begin to build, you will become so much more powerful and you will get noticed in a way that you cannot get noticed if you don't practice the art of thought leadership. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I was going to say, if you are new, I am Jess. But I feel like if you're listening to part five of my five-part series on mastering meetings, you probably already know who I am. In case you don't, my name is Jess slash Jessica. I go by both. I'm the host of this podcast. I had a really, really successful career in the corporate space. And now I'm at a very different phase of my life and my career where I am a full-time podcast host and career coach for women. And my work, as you probably know, is all around becoming a leader, building confidence, advancing in your career. And most important of all, especially for today's episode, is the focus area of finding your voice and becoming a super confident, effective communicator. And when I say confident and effective communicator, I really mean becoming a powerful communicator from the inside out. So the way that I think about it is I want to support you in every phase of the process from feeling really good inside so that you just feel strong and bold and amazing and badass. And I also want to support you in making a really powerful impression to the outside world and all the people around you so that they experience you as strong and bold and badass and so that your communication and your voice in those rooms can really propel your career forward. And in today's episode, this is the final part of my multi-part series, my multi-part episode series on becoming a super powerful presence in meetings and really standing out in meetings. And I am so excited about this topic in particular because I love leadership and this topic is all about what it means to be a leader in meetings and what it means to speak up in a way where you're acting as the leader in the room, which I just feel so passionately about. You may have noticed that I've been putting out a lot of episodes This is in honor of my launch of the Art of Speaking Up Academy, but to be totally honest with you, I didn't realize I was going to have so many episodes in this series. I thought this Mastering Meeting series would maybe be like three-ish episodes, and it turned out to be five. So you're getting a lot of bonus content, but it's in honor of the launch of my group program, the Art of Speaking Up Academy, which as of this episode being published doors are open for enrollment. So enrollment for the Art of Speaking Up Academy is going to be open until Monday evening. That is Monday, May 23rd. And if this is your first time hearing about the Art of Speaking Up Academy, it is my group program that I created to help women 
go from feeling quiet and hesitant and really questioning themselves in meetings to feeling strong and solid and confident and communicating like a true leader, communicating as someone who when they speak, people in the room think, dang, she's really, really good. That is what I want to help you do through this program. And inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you get to learn two things. You get to do the work on confidence, like that inner work on moving past self-doubt and tackling some of those fears and hesitations that might be getting in the way of you showing up super powerfully. And you're also going to learn the fundamental communication skills that you need to make a really powerful impression and stand out in those meeting rooms. The thing that I love about becoming a good communicator and about that journey of finding your voice is that it's not as complicated as you think. It's just about making these small intentional tweaks and learning just a few foundational tools. And what I aim to do in the Art of Speaking Up Academy is to make the process simple easy and digestible for you. It's not going to be about learning super, super complicated things. And it's not for, you know, this program isn't intended for someone who already feels confident and already feels very, very advanced in their communication skills. It's really intended for someone who's earlier on in that journey and who is trying to go from being a quieter presence in meetings to slowly and gradually taking up more space and feeling stronger and bolder inside. I love, love helping women with this process because not only does finding your voice and becoming a powerful communicator help you get noticed and help you develop a powerful reputation and help you advance upwards, which I am so freaking passionate about, but it also helps you enjoy your job more. It helps meetings and those rooms that you're in feel less anxiety inducing, and it helps you look forward to being a part of those conversations. I know that was such a huge pivot for me in my corporate career when I finally began to look forward to meetings and look forward to being in those rooms with higher ups and having those really high level conversations with executives because I had finally learned to navigate my anxieties around that and you know, learn to feel good about myself in those rooms. And that is what I wanna support you in doing through this program. If you want to join us and be part of this next cohort, head over to Coaching dot com slash academy. I will also drop it below. And that is where you can sign up for the program. And also you can check out the curriculum and learn more about what is covered to get a sense of whether it's a fit for you. And if you're not sure if it's a fit for you, if you're thinking about signing up, but you're not totally sure about that, feel free to shoot me an email. I will drop my email in the show notes and we can chat about it and I can help you figure out if it's a good fit. Now, on to today's episode, which is about thought leadership, which I feel so strongly about. I feel so passionately about this topic, again, because it's one of the ones where I struggled a lot and then it became a real strength of mine. And this is something that I love supporting women in because as you embrace this part of yourself and learn to be a thought leader, you are going to feel so damn powerful in your job. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is first I'm gonna take us back to the four elements that will help you stand out in meetings because today I'm covering number four, so I wanted to just give you a recap on those four. 
And then I'm going to talk about what thought leadership is and why it matters. And I'm going to talk a little bit also about what gets in the way of you really demonstrating thought leadership in meetings. So first, (laughs) the four things that get you noticed in meetings. And if you want to hear more about these four and kind of come back to the beginning of this series, if you haven't already, check out episode 182 for sure. But the four things that will help you stand out in meetings and really make a super powerful impression are visibility, authority, captivation, and thought leadership. And so today we're talking about thought leadership. And what's so interesting is as I was preparing for this episode, I googled the verb lead to see what the dictionary definition of lead was. And the dictionary definitions of the verb lead are horrible. I'm not even going to read them on here. But like one of the first ones that came up is like definition number one was to like guide someone using a rope. (laughs) And I went into this Google search being like, oh, it's going to be this profound definition of what it means to be a leader. And I look and like all of the definitions that I'm finding for the verb lead are like very practical. It's like to hoist someone up or to guide someone forward. And I was just thinking like, Is the word lead that literal? Because for me, it's symbolic of like showing up in this way where you're setting an example for people, where you are inspiring people, you are encouraging people, you are rallying people. And I just feel like these dictionary definitions, like to hoist someone with a rope is selling this concept short. So please don't go to the dictionary to learn about this topic. (laughs) Learn about it here and in other places that will be able to properly explain it. But what I am talking about today is being a leader in meetings and what that is and why it matters. And since the dictionary definition wasn't super helpful to us, I'm going to share with you my definition of leadership And then we are going to talk a little bit more about why it's so important and about what might be getting in the way of you really showing up as a leader in those meeting rooms. So the way that I think about leadership and thought leadership is to me what leadership means is that you take action and you behave and show up in a way that causes people around you to change their behavior and how they show up. So what it means to me to be a leader is that the way that I'm acting in the meeting, the way that I'm showing up in the meeting, the way that I'm showing up in my job, there's something about it that's causing my coworkers, my team, my boss to show up differently. My behavior and way of being is influencing their behavior and way of being. And for me, what is part of that definition is that it is influencing their behavior and way of being in a positive way, in a way that benefits them and in a way that benefits the broader mission. So that is really my definition of leadership. It is when you are inspiring a shift in others based on how you're acting and who you're being. So that's the definition of leadership as a whole Now, thought leadership is a subset of that idea, and I'll probably do a a future episode on just broad leadership, but this episode is a drill down on thought leadership specifically. Thought leadership is similar in that you are inspiring people to act differently, 
but you're doing it through the ideas and perspectives that you're sharing. You are leading through thought, your thoughts, your ideas, your perspectives are causing people to show up differently. They're inspiring a shift in people. So let me give you a little bit of a visual for how I think about this. I think it'll help you understand this. The way that I think about leadership is there's like a line of 10 people. 10 people are just standing in a line trying to figure out what direction to go in. The leader is the person in the line who steps forward and starts walking. And it inspires the people who are in that line to follow that person and walk behind them. So because that person was courageous enough to step forward and start forging a path, those other nine people, instead of just standing still where they were, they also stepped forward and started walking. And as a result, that entire group of 10 people got closer to their destination, catalyzed by the actions of the one person, the leader. Now that's leadership the bro- in the broad sense, right? Is stepping out and inspiring people to take different action, productive action, positive action. Now thought leadership is the same, except instead of doing it through the action of stepping forward and walking forward and having all of those people follow you, you're doing it through your ideas and through your words. So instead of literally stepping forward, the leader in that line of 10 people would say something like, you know, I think I see a path forward. I'm looking ahead and based on what I'm seeing, I think that if we all turn right and we walk for one mile, I think that's gonna get us closer to our destination. And everyone hears the person say that And then all 10 people start walking towards the destination. So that person didn't physically step out and lead by example and start walking. They just shared a perspective that was new and different. And that perspective inspired everyone to go from standing still to walking closer to their destination. Now, in a meeting, thought leadership functions in the exact same way. A meeting is like that group of 10 people. And when someone is demonstrating thought leadership in a meeting, what they are doing is they are pointing out something new, something useful, something different, and most importantly, something that hasn't been pointed out before. So in the example I gave, everyone was standing still. No one knew where to go. And the leader had the courage to say, I think I see a path ahead. Now, this is really important because if everyone already knew where to go and already saw the path, they'd be on it. They weren't on it because not everyone was seeing it. So inherent in thought leadership is sharing something that is not in everyone's awareness, sharing something that is new, sharing something that is novel. In a work setting, this could look like throwing out an idea that hasn't been added to the mix yet. It could look like identifying a better way to do something. It could look like identifying a potential future roadblock that you feel like people in the room don't realize could come in the future and helping everyone plan to avoid that obstacle or avoid that roadblock. What thought leadership means is through your thinking and through your perspective, 
You're pointing out something that is new, it is different, and it wasn't something that the group previously realized was a thing. And this is so important because there is a really big difference between contributing something in a meeting that is expected and that people kind of generally expect to hear or that fits with the knowledge that people already have and pointing out something that is new and different and unexpected and not something that is part of the group's existing knowledge. So in the example that I gave, with the one person being like, I think I see a path ahead for us to get to our destination, that person was pointing out a path that the group didn't see. Now, it's possible that 10 people could all be standing in a line and the path could be really obvious, like the path could be clearly right in front of them. And someone could still say, hey, guys, like I see a path to our destination, like let's start walking. And that would be demonstrating a little bit of leadership because that person is catalyzing progress, the group's progress towards the destination. But it's not thought leadership because they're not pointing out something that is new and different and hidden. They're not introducing something novel. And that is the essence of thought leadership. It is speaking up, but sharing something that the group is not really aware of or hasn't heard before. And this can be one of the most vulnerable forms of speaking up because not only are you allowing people to see and hear your voice, you're allowing people to see and hear your brain. You're showing them something that's in your brain and you don't know (laughs) if it makes sense or if it's good because it's new. So when you're leading everyone through that path and you're like, hey, everyone, I think I see a path. You don't know if the path is going to get them to the destination, because if we knew that the path was going to get them to the destination, everyone would be aware of it, right? So you're you're sharing something new, you're sharing something different, you're exposing your thinking, and there's a level of uncertainty. There's a level of like, okay, I'm sharing something new here. I don't know if it's for sure 100% correct, and it's not something that has been shared before, And so for me to share it feels really exposing and scary. And to me, when I think of the art of speaking up and I think of the struggle to speak up, this is like at the core of all of it, is having the courage to share the thing that feels uncertain and exposing. And when that is a capacity that you begin to build, you will become so much more powerful And you will get noticed in a way that you cannot get noticed if you don't practice the art of thought leadership. And let me tell you, it is hard and it is scary because like I said, you're showing people what's in your brain. You're not just showing them your words, you're showing them your thinking. And by definition, you're showing them a subset of your thinking that is new and different and hasn't yet been vetted or shared or tested. So there's an element of uncertainty. And when you have the courage to share it in spite of the uncertainty, that is when you become a thought leader. Now, I'm sure you could see how this links to you speaking up, even though you're not the most experienced person in the room, right? When you're willing to share a perspective before you're the expert, before you're the most senior person in the room, it's a really similar experience where you're sharing something that's uncertain and you're showing people your brain in a really scary way. 
And while it can feel exposing, like I said, it is absolutely 100% essential for making a powerful impression in your career. And it is for sure essential for rising up into leadership positions. You cannot go down that path without building this muscle and without building this capability. Now, I'm going to share a little analogy with you here to help you understand why thought leadership matters so much and to help motivate you to want to do it even when it does feel really scary. Because let me tell you, this is scary. This is what I struggled with the most, is having the courage to share my stuff because we all have this fear. I mean, let me tell you, I've worked with a lot of clients. I've seen what's inside a lot of women's brains. We are all very scared of sounding stupid. And when we step up as a thought leader and we share something new and we point out something that other people aren't seeing, we feel like we might sound stupid. And it is so important to learn to navigate that feeling and not let that fear get in the way of your brilliance being shared. Because what you will quickly learn is that fear is not really based in reality. Maybe occasionally you'll say something and you'll realize it was totally wrong. But what's going to happen more often than not is you're going to realize that you're not stupid, you're really, really smart, and that the people around you have been missing out on that because of the fear of sounding stupid. But I do understand that fear because it's definitely one that I had. It can really take hold of you. And that is why mindset work and work on confidence is so important because it helps you show up boldly and bravely even when you are feeling that wave of fear and even when you are wondering if you're going to sound stupid and when when you feel afraid to speak up and share your thoughts and share your perspectives with the group, I get it. And so let me share this analogy with you because I think this is going to help you see how thought leadership feeds into your professional reputation. So in the episode on captivation, the one right before this in the series, I use the idea of art to represent captivating communication. And I'm going to continue with the art analogy so that you can understand just how freaking important thought leadership is. So the way that I want you to think about it is I want you to imagine that instead of employees and a company, I want you to imagine you're, you're an artist and that everyone at your company is an artist and you all paint paintings all day long for your job. And let's just say that your company just sells paintings. (laughs) So you work for a giant company that sells art and you paint paintings and your colleagues paint paintings all day long and they get sold. Now, I want you to imagine that the types of paintings that you paint are replicas of really famous paintings. So you can do like the most convincing replica of the Mona Lisa, right? Or What's another really famous painting? Like pick whatever famous painting comes to mind for you. I want you to imagine that you can take any painting and you can make the most precise copy of it. Now, I want you to imagine that there's someone else at the company who makes original paintings. So they don't do those replicas. They create new works of art that have never been created before. And let's just say that that employee or that painter has a style that's really bright and dynamic and colorful. Now, I want you to think about the reputation that you have versus the reputation that the other employee has 
Let's call that other employee Rachel. And I really want you to think about what is possible for your reputation when you make perfect replicas of the Mona Lisa versus when you're creating original art. When you're making replicas of the Mona Lisa, you will never be able to develop a reputation based on what you are uniquely good at as an artist because no one has ever seen your original artwork. So people could maybe compliment your precision and your ability to replicate really well and your eye for what is on the painting and your ability to recreate that, but you can never be known for any style or any specific way of creating art. You're just known as someone who can do really, really good replicas. Whereas Rachel, who makes original art, is known as someone who's great with color, who's really dynamic, who has like this beautiful abstract vision. And her reputation is richer than yours, even though your painting replicas are really good. They are amazing and maybe they're even harder to create than what Rachel creates. But her reputation has more richness and more substance because people have seen art that came from her unique creative vision. So when someone asks, let's say, a higher up at this fictional art company, when someone says, hey, tell me, tell me about the different employees you have. Tell me about Rachel's style. And let's just say your name is Megan. And tell me about Megan's style. How are they different, right? It's going to be really, really hard for a higher up at that company to tell you much about Megan's style because she just makes replica paintings, right? And it's going to be easier to speak about Rachel and understand Rachel's unique gifts and talents because we've seen Rachel's original artwork. And again, this doesn't mean that Megan (laughs) or you is not a talented artist. You might even be, quote unquote, better than Rachel, depending on how you're measuring it. But the problem is there's no richness to your reputation because all you can ever show people is that you're really, really good at replicating. And so I want you to think about thought leadership and I want you to think about what it means to just share expected conventional ideas in meetings versus sharing original thought and perspectives. And I really want you to think about what kind of reputation is possible when you share one versus the other. What kind of reputation is possible when you share things that are expected and and sort of like just going with the flow versus when you're willing to be a thought leader and share things that are different and new and that haven't been shared before. There is such a big difference in what you will be known for because if you never share anything outside of the box, You never step up to courageously be the leader in the room and point out the thing that no one is seeing, then you can only ever be known as someone who gets the job done, right? But you can never go beyond that. You can never be known for the type of art you can create. Whereas when you're willing to show people what's in your brain and be vulnerable and share what you see even before you know if it's 100% perfect, That is when people get to know your capability beyond just executing, right? Beyond just showing up and doing what's expected. 
people begin to see your deeper capabilities and your ability to lead at a more sophisticated level because you are seeing things and noticing things and pointing things out that other people aren't necessarily seeing. And your value to the organization goes up because it's a lot easier to just do what's expected and go with the flow And it requires deeper thinking and more courage and more leadership to be someone who is willing to step out and be a thought leader. And so when you become that, you also become someone who is going to be offered up more opportunities within an organization or within an industry. And even better, you're going to have way more fun in your job because you're going to be feeling so powerful in those meeting rooms. And you're going to feel like your brain and your thinking is a powerful asset that is needed in those rooms. And you will no longer be paralyzed by the fear of sounding not intelligent, by the fear of sounding stupid, but you will be invigorated and energized by the potential to use your genius and your brain to drive better results and to make a real difference. But that can only happen when you're willing to take that leap, when you're willing to be courageous, and when you're willing to produce original artwork and not just crank out replicas of the Mona Lisa. And this will be a difference maker in your career because it is easier to find people that can just replicate the Mona Lisa over and over again, but it is harder to find people that can produce that original artwork. So your reputation becomes richer, you become more distinguished in your organization, and it becomes much easier to position yourself for growth, for advancement, for leadership roles, because you've shown people through your courage in those meeting rooms and through expressing your unique genius in those meeting rooms that you can lead. And that brings us full circle with thought leadership. You are leading through your thoughts and perspectives. And so thought leadership is one of the most important things, particularly if you're someone who wants to be on an upward trajectory. And the thing that I see get in the way the most when it comes to thought leadership is the fear And in my experience, getting past that fear is a slow, thoughtful, strategic process where you take one little step, one little risk at a time, and you slowly build that trust muscle. And it gets stronger and stronger as you begin to take little leaps and little risks. And as your self-trust and your confidence grows over time, it begins to feel more doable for you to share bigger ideas, bolder things, to take bigger steps outside of your comfort zone. And so this isn't something where like you need to go into the meeting like tomorrow and be sharing the most out there crazy ideas and be like challenging and pushing back against the most senior person in the meeting room. But it does mean that you want to start challenging yourself in baby steps and finding ways to take small risks so that you can build up that confidence builds up that courage and over time you can take bigger and bigger risks. And then you'll look back at the tiny risks and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I thought it was such a big deal to suggest that we give ourselves an extra week on this project timeline. Or like, I can't believe it was such a big deal for me to critique that person's perspective. Like it's totally cool and it's totally okay. And I know how to do it while being myself and honoring my communication style and without getting so scared and without getting so overwhelmed by the fears and emotions. And so that is thought leadership. It is one of the most important things. 
It is arguably even more important than having rock-solid communication skills because communication skills can be learned, but thought leaders, like true thought leaders, are often very rare. And so as you cultivate this ability, you really position yourself as someone who is uniquely valued within your organization. And like I said, it can do really, really wonderful things for your upward mobility within a company or within an industry. So that brings me to the end of this episode, and I hope it inspired you, and I hope it made you want to be just a little bit more daring and a little bit more courageous when it comes to what you're willing to share in meetings. If you decide to join me inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy, you will get a lot of support in helping you become a thought leader. There is one module inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy called Own Your Voice, and it is all about helping you build the courage to overcome and navigate the imposter syndrome and begin sharing some of those perspectives that will really help you stand out and really help you come off more as that original artist (laughs) and less like the artist who just makes replicas of the paintings so that you can develop that rich reputation that really helps you get noticed and helps you distinguish yourself in your company. And not to mention, when you develop this capability, your job becomes so much more enjoyable and so much more fun because you engage way more deeply. Instead of being in those meetings and like being spinning and stuck in your head and worried about how you sound and wondering what people think of you, instead of spinning over all of that stuff, you're going to be thinking about the problem that's in front of you and how you can help fix it and how you can add value and how you can move things forward. And I guarantee you that is way more fun and way less exhausting than being super caught in your head and super stuck in your head about how you sound and whether you sound good enough. So if you are ready to work on this, if you want my guidance in becoming a thought leader and taking up space in those meeting rooms, I would love to invite you to join me inside the Academy. You can head over to jessgazitcoaching.com slash Academy to grab your spot. I will also drop the link in the show notes. I am wishing you such a beautiful week. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. I hope you bring a little dose of courage with you into those meetings and I will catch you in the next episode. I have just like one more bonus episode coming in honor of the launch of the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And then I'll be back to my regular weekly publishing schedule. So I hope you're enjoying these and I will catch you in the next one. Bye.